Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. This is an election year. Will Donald Trump be re-elected? What is going on with the Democrats? And has America gone even more crazy? We'll be discussing all of these things and more, more than once a week, because we don't feel you have enough Americano in your life. And I have a special offer for Americano listeners. If you want to subscribe to the Spectator's US edition, which is brilliant, by the way, I edit it, you can go to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe and take advantage of our special Americano offer. If you insert the code Americano in capital letters like Donald Trump on Twitter, you will get 5% off. Please do so. I'm joined today by Jacob Heilbrunn, who is editor of The National Interest, a columnist for Spectator USA, and perhaps the most frequent guest on Americano. Jacob, thanks for coming on again. Thank you, Freddie. And we're going to talk about the debate last night in South Carolina. This was very much billed as sort of perhaps even the last chance to stop Sanders, to really get at Sanders before he builds up an insurmountable lead possibly on Saturday and then again on Tuesday in the upcoming primaries. And I think it's fair to say if the idea was to stop Sanders, the rest of the candidates failed. Is that right? Correct. It was an abysmal performance, apart from Joe Biden on part of the other candidates. Klobuchar lacks any compelling message. Elizabeth Warren was true to form, as ineffectual as she is earnest. And Pete Buttigieg was pretty much a cipher last night. I was not impressed by any of the candidates except for the necromancy that some of Biden's advisors apparently performed on him because he suddenly sprang to life. Yes, I saw you use the word necromancy for Politico this morning. Uh, I mean, he did spring to life, but his performance might be remembered by one pretty spectacular gaffe, which was um, that he said that gun crime since 2007 had killed... 150 million Americans, which is about half the population. Do you think what he said elsewhere will will have made amends for that? It's interesting. I mean, the the one thing that he really emphasized was that he would appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. That was a clear play to firm up the African-American vote in South Carolina. This is his last stand. He said after the debate that he is going to win South Carolina. And it was clear from the way he answered that if he loses South Carolina, he knows that he's absolutely finished and that there is no possibility for him to come back and stop Sanders. To be honest, it may already well be over. Well, so far, Biden has massively underperformed his polling going into each state. South Carolina is thought to be a very good state for him. A large number of African-Americans who still seem to like him, although perhaps a little less than people thought. Do you think he'll carry it this weekend? It- It really is an open question. I mean, if if Sanders pulls off an upset, then his triumph is as inevitable as Donald Trump's was in 2016 in the Republican primary. And there are enormous parallels between Trump's ascension and Sanders, partly in the fact that the centrist opposition has splintered the vote and is unable to unite and stop him. The other interesting factor about Sanders, Sanders truly is a new Ronald Reagan, that he is forming a new coalition within the Democratic Party, not from the right, obviously, but from the left, and that Sanders will be the dominant force among the Democrats. Well, and Sanders is very keen to emphasize that the, the breadth of that coalition, multi-generational, 
multiracial, he always calls it. And obviously, with him being so far ahead, speculation is starting to mount as to whether he can actually take down Trump with this broad coalition. What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't preclude it because of the volatile nature of American politics. No one thought that Trump would do it. I have to say, based on last night's performance, it looked to me like Bernie Sanders would lead the Democratic Party into the abyss. The congressional candidates are already in Virginia and other states are desperately trying to distance themselves from him. To me, he came across as the nutty professor last night. Arms akimbo, hair flying all over the place, shouting over Pete Buttigieg, calling Cuba essentially the Harvard of the Caribbean. This is farcical. I'm hard-pressed to see how he wouldn't create an utter disaster. So you you subscribe to this theory that Sanders nominee would mean that not only Trump wins, but the Republicans take back both houses of Congress. I would certainly think that it's a strong possibility. Now, the sleeper out there is the coronavirus. That's the black swan. Trump is utterly incompetent as a manager, and he's holding a press conference tonight with members of the Centers for Disease Control. But so far, his administration has been handing out pablum about this coronavirus. He's been pretending that it's contained, that only one person has it in the U.S. and so forth. I don't believe a word of it, and I don't think many other Americans do either. If Sanders gets the nomination, he can win. I mean, we know that. The likelihood, I agree with Jonathan Chait, is that it's a huge gamble, and it could well lead to a disaster for the Democrats. Well, the the other way in which corona might be a black swan is not necessarily the impact of the disease on people, but the impact of the disease and the scare of it on the economy. Trump's great selling point, of course, at the moment is the economy, the booming under economy under his leadership. And the scare that corona has sent through the markets in recent days, if that causes some sort of major correction in the stock market, that could change the economic picture and start to make Trump seem a little less cocksure as we approach November. Well, he's always been quite cocky. But Freddie, this conversation is starting to frighten me, not just because we're talking about the coronavirus, but because you and I are in 100% accord. <laughs> and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. What I, I do think that the coronavirus, yes, it could lead to a major economic turmoil. It already is in some areas of the world. What I think is that it would expose the underlying weaknesses of the American economy, which has been relying on trillion-dollar deficits that Trump has been running. I have been far from convinced that this economic boom is sustainable and much more confident that it will end in a crash. There's always a triggering event, and this could be the event that does precipitate or the pebble that causes an avalanche of bad news. As Ross Clark put it so well on our website this morning, given that Trump is such a notorious germaphobe, it would be something of an irony if it were the coronavirus that derailed his leadership. Well, the odd thing about Trump, too, Freddie, is that being a germaphobe, and the, from what I understand, the virologists are saying this, and immunologists are saying he's not doing enough to shut down American borders, that he's been too lackadaisical about this and overly confident in Chinese assurances that they have everything under control. So he's essentially been bluffing all along. Well, let's let's get back to the the, the Democratic race. 
assuming Sanders has a good Super Tuesday and looks impregnable going into the next few weeks, I, let me put to you some reasons why Sanders might actually threaten Trump. And one of them is what I call the populist juju, in that actually all of Sanders' weak points turn out to be his strengths. The Republican attack machine can throw the word democratic socialism as much as it likes at him, and yet for some bizarre reason it doesn't seem to hurt him in the way it should. Uh, they can dig up tapes of him saying things about the Soviet Union, enthusiastic things about the Soviet Union, and again it doesn't seem to hurt him like it should. And as a Brit, I'm familiar with this because this is exactly what happened with Jeremy Corbyn for a long time, although of course Corbyn in the end did lose quite spectacularly. Right, but I don't think that Sanders suffers all the vulnerabilities of Corbyn because he is not an anti-Semite, obviously, even though they'll try to paint him as anti-Israel. Yes. Now, Sanders could appeal to tens of millions of Latinos that the Democratic Party has been unable to activate its supporters. So that could be a huge fill-up to the party. He's got to construct a coalition. I don't see how he's going to win Florida with his with his remarks about Cuba. Well, and the other part of the American population he's doing well with is, or better than people expected, is African-Americans, because his campaign seems to have targeted them better so far. Do you think he will be able to mobilize them in a way that Hillary Clinton was not in 2016? Well, he's more authentic. So he does have that going for him. I mean, she came across as plastic and artificial, which she is. And with Sanders, it's the real deal. So also a lot would depend on who he picks as his running mate. If he's strategic about that, that could be a a big assist to him as well. A lot of people talking about Stacey Abrams. That would be a a black choice that might help him with the African-American vote. Maybe, but she's never won anything. He might want to go with someone more more mainstream. And the the other factor to be considered there is that Trump is making huge overtures to black voters. And even a small increase for him could be enough to stop the Democrats winning. Right. I mean, we can play these scenarios out endlessly. There there are all sorts of... (laughs) The one thing we know, Freddie, is that the age of the post-Cold War is now definitively over. If Biden doesn't win, he really is the last member of that generation. Now, Now we're seeing, we've had the rise of nationalism with Trump. Now we're getting the rise of socialism democratic or not, under the auspices of, of Sanders. Well, one person we haven't talked about so far is perhaps the last worst hope of centrism, and that's uh, Mike Bloomberg, who, of course, has had one very bad debate, one slightly better debate last night, and he could still find a way of stopping Sanders, do you think? I'm dubious. I didn't think his performance last night was very... Strong. I thought he came across as, again, surly, peevish. I don't think his political skills are that strong. He's totally uncharismatic. Why would the Democrats embrace a supercilious billionaire? But he might win just by being the last so-called moderate in the mix. Maybe. Hard to see. I mean, I don't. not enough of them are dropping out. The vote is so splintered, unless they totally united behind him. But I, I don't see that happening. And your prediction for Saturday is that Sanders will beat Biden? I would say the possibility of an upset is there. Biden should, should win. But if he doesn't, it's all over. Then you know that the Democratic establishment is a complete house of cards. And... Is it, for you, a revolution against the party as it was for the Republicans in 2016? I think it's clear that, yes, the parties no longer exist. There is no Republican Party. There's a party of Trump. 
And the, the Democratic Party managed to hoist Hillary Clinton over the hurdles in 2016. It doesn't look like they're able to stop Sanders this time. It's a shell of a party that he can take over and remake in his own image. But that might actually be a, an argument for why Sanders can beat Trump in that the very nature of his candidacy makes him tremendously unpredictable and the race more volatile because it's not a party v party race as it has been in, in previous elections. Yeah, you can't preclude that. Still, there is the lesson of the 2018 midterm where the Democrats ran to the center and they did win. The odds are that Sanders will prove to be as bad or worse than George McGovern in 1972. Maybe by some miracle, he would, or a constellation of circumstances, including the coronavirus, the tumbling economy, he would defeat Trump. But it still seems like an enormous gamble. Jacob, we'll leave it there, but uh, I hope we'll take it up again soon. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. (laughs) 